This is the Era of Alpha podcast. Famous quote by Abraham Lincoln. Give me six hours to chop down a tree, and I will spend the first four sharpening the axe. And that's what we're here to do, gents. We're here to sharpen ourselves and make ourselves better men. Welcome to the Era of Alpha podcast. This is the Era of Alpha podcast, episode seven, dealing with your stressed out wife this holiday season. I found a quote that I felt was perfect for uh, this episode. To make a woman happy, give her these three things, attention, affection, and appreciation. So uh, tonight we got Varick Birchfield joining us. He's kind of a guru. He always talks on relationships at advance where we all met. So uh, we figured he'd be a perfect guy the shining example of a husband who's completely honest and saying he's not a perfect husband, but he strives for it every day. So he's on, with, on, on tonight with us to talk about it. So, yeah, well, thank you guys. Uh, thank y'all for having me tonight. And uh, yes, there's, there's no perfect husband. If you want to find out that just come to my house. <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, man. Dude, you are a perfect dad because I've been, I'm scrolling your Facebook profile right now and I'm seeing these awesome um, African pictures of you and your son. Is it Hudson? Yeah. Hudson. Yeah. Dude, those are bomb pictures, man. We had so much fun. Uh, it was, it was really some of the best times. It was his 15th birthday and he was, he was wow. bummed because we were the, the Young Living launch was that week. And Crystal and I just looked at each other and we were like, you know, you've got to, I've got to go to this thing and like, just take it. And so, uh, you know, the Lord just worked it all out to where we were able to get his, cause, cause he homeschools. And so we were able to front load a lot and, and schedule some things around uh, to where he could do work on the plane and things like that. But it just really opened his whole world up. We got to meet some really really cool people uh while we were there uh, god's blessed us with an amazing team from south africa and botswana and uh while we were there we also got to meet some really important people in, in the country of south africa as well that like their families uh have done so much for that country and for him to just be able to sit in there and say okay it's one thing to hear about south africa it's one thing to hear some history or read a little something but to get to go experience it to uh you know, to hear about Nelson Mandela, but then to meet uh, the family member of the guy who was his mentor and talk with them for about an hour. And he was just like, this, this is huge, Dad. This nice. is awesome. So, yeah, just we were really blessed to be able to do that. And he makes it easy. He's a great travel partner. He's been in Young Living. He's 15. So he's been doing Young Living since he was, uh, goodness, we've been doing it as a business for over seven and a half years. So, but we've been using products for nine. So he was six. Uh, when we first started this, so he knows everything about it. He runs our booth when we do events and uh, wow. runs the sales and does all that. And he is, he's through and through young living. Yeah. He's, That's awesome. Nice. Man. Yeah, he's nice. You have two sons, right? Two sons. Yeah. I got one who's 19. He's in, he's in Texas. He goes to college out there and uh, he's doing pre-law right now. And uh, he's just, you know, just tearing it up, finding his own way. And uh, he's actually, he'll be at advance in, in February. Right on, so man. we're excited <laughs> about that yeah it's good stuff good yeah stuff. advance is going to be fun now my question to you is is for the 15 year old does that count as a field trip for homeschooling <laughs> yeah so uh he'll he'll get to come uh, we, we as i said we just work all those days in uh, we schedule them at the beginning of the year but it'll be good teaching and and actually tom's the only one who knows this so i get to actually announce something to you guys nice. uh, that only tom knows tonight Ooh, so yeah we're actually getting 
just mega blessed. He, I don't know if y'all know Evan and Lindsey Grimont and Roll Crown Diamonds and Young Living. So Evan has this friend named Ben Goldstein. You may or may have not heard of him. He has a uh, YouTube page, but also he does basically he's, he's a front line of defense for this large area in Judea in Israel. Uh, he's born in Tennessee, uh, went to Israel when he was 13, moved there when he was 18, joined the IDF, wow. came back to New, to New York when he was 20. Uh, right when 9-11 happened, he sold everything and went back over to defend the home, his homeland. And he is basically a man on the wall. He's going to be in Austin the week of advance. He's going to come speak, and he's going to teach a combat uh, combat shooting course for us on Saturday. If right you guys want to be a part man. of that. So, so wow. it's going to be awesome. He is an amazing guy. He'll blow you away. Yeah, I'm, I'm excited for that. I'm going to be rolling strapped to Austin anyways. It's kind of funny because I was already talking oh, yeah. to a couple of these guys here um, the day before advance, I was going to go out and see if I can get a bunch of guys together for a half day shooting course as well. So, I mean, yeah. it, it'd be a fun weekend doing, doing shooting twice. So I know. Yeah. You can't, you can't well, do that. I don't know if you guys know this, but in Austin, the, the, the largest indoor shooting range is right there in Austin and nice. it's called the range. Um, and it's a complete, to me, I remember when they were building it, it looked like a Amazon distribution center, man, like the concrete walls going up, you know, I'm like, what's wow. going in there? And then the billboard popped up. I'm like, that's the coolest thing ever. So there's awesome. plenty of opportunity all over Austin for sure. That's Wonderful. Texas for you. That's Texas. I think, for you. I think there's plenty of opportunity all over Texas. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Everything's bigger. Just go outside. <laughs> Everything. Yeah. yeah, that's right. That's yeah, right. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy because kinda... – damn it, Tom. <laughs> so Eric, just to catch you up everybody that's listening to this podcast before has actually heard about this so for some magical reason on marco polo every time there's a like a full conversation with the four of us going on whenever bill talks is the same time i talk so and they both pop up and it goes and i go damn it thomas or <laughs> blah, 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 and yeah. just go off it's funny yeah that's awesome yeah <laughs> Yes, so, just on the same wavelength. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> That's good stuff. So what, what kind of curriculum, whenever you say you're homeschooling, what kind of curriculum do you follow? So actually we, we do, we, you know, we've homeschooled all our, our, our kids, our oldest yeah. one, you know, he's 19 now. So we've been, gosh, we've been doing this a long time. He's, he started reading when he was about two. And wow. so we started early. <laughs> so about, we're in year 16 or 17 right now, mm -hmm. but so it's changed. It's evolved over time, but we do uh, pretty much, Shirley grammar. It is the hands down best grammar curriculum you can give your kids. Uh, mm -hmm. When Harrison, Harrison started college right, right before he turned 16, he just got tired of homeschool. He, he said he wanted to challenge himself. So he took a college entrance exam, got an A on it and started college. But um, his first year in, in English there, uh, the professor actually stopped after their first paper and said, I know there's a homeschooler in this class because he's the only one who knows how to write this whole class. <laughs> At 16, he was, he was pulling down A's in his English papers and stuff. So Shirley Grammar is just amazing with that. And, of course, Crystal was the, the, the major key in giving all of them that foundation. We yeah. use Saxon for math up through, oh, goodness, about fifth or sixth grade. And then we kind of shift over because it makes your kids do about a – about a hundred math problems a day and, and oh, they wow. start to revolt when it gets into pre-algebra algebra. They're like, no, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're, we're not doing that much. Um, but it gives me a good foundation. Um, and then we've kind of shifted into switched on schoolhouse for some of the other 
uh, certainly other courses because it gives you a good mix of book work and computer work and helps to prepare them to where you know once they once they get going on their own uh, everything's on computer these days yeah. so yeah. We, we have that mix and then we've also used uh, this year a little bit of a becca to help to help supplement with different things but yeah it's 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 good. You have to figure out what works best for your kids. And the great thing with, with homeschooling is you can do that. Yeah, you can, absolutely. You can figure out what, what your children's challenges are and you can change that curriculum if they need a little more help. And uh, Hudson uh, actually tutors with a, a, a teacher twice a week as well. She, they, they do about an hour and a half to two hours twice a week. And that's worked out really good. Yeah. Yeah. Right on. I, I like the fact we homeschool too. And I love the fact nice. that I can tailor any day into homeschool. Like if I go for a hike in the woods and start talking about what's going on out there, totally a homeschooling day, man. We love that kind of thing. So absolutely. And your kids don't forget that. Like if no. you can put your hands on something and lay your hands on something, uh, you're, you're going to, you're going to remember that it's going to make so much more muscle memory than sitting in a classroom and, mm-hmm. and just getting, you know, trying to be one of 35 or 40 kids getting attention to figure out what's going on. Yeah, we love it. You know, that's for for us. We've homeschooled too, pretty much the whole time, and we kind of changed the the title for us because we kind of saw so much more value in including them in everything that we were trying to do. So we just we just coined it for life schooling because honestly, we want to we want to set them up to learn and have a desire to learn even after graduation, right? And so, to to me, that's kind of been our mantra of like, okay, so we got to divert plans and we're going to go somewhere else now and let's learn something while we're at it. So I think that's really wise, uh, Jason. That's because really it's not, it it is about what the kids learn early, Mm -hmm. but if you teach them to be self learners, they can be anything. They can do anything because they're not having to be forced to do it. If they see something they want to go after, they just go after it. And that's one of the reasons that, that you're, larger universities and even a lot of your Ivy league schools are going after homeschoolers because Mm -hmm. they've been taught to think for themselves and they're Mm -hmm. out of the box thinkers and they, they learn, they get that sometimes you just got to do it yourself and figure it out. And uh, that's not what the public school system is designed to do. It's really designed more for, um, sorry to step on people's toes, but yeah, it's kind of, kind of what it is. Uh, it's, it's designed to have people comply Mm -hmm. and, uh, Mm -hmm. and, and we want our children to comply with, with the word of God. Mm-hmm. And we want to comply with the godly authority, but um, we don't want them to comply when it's, when it's things that aren't good for them. Yeah. It, 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 like, it drives initiative. Yes. Like it drives initiative. Like, I mean, we don't homeschool at all. I mean, like, <laughs> I'm kidding. I've got, a, I've got a wall full of stuff. And, I see like, that. <laughs> so like, I, I'm open to, you know, even learning new things. Cause like the good and the beautiful, like that, that that's what we do. And, and it's great. Um, but I'm learning like for a certain kid, it's not, it's not working for them. And so I've just got to adjust and, you know, improvise, adapt and overcome that kind of situation. So the, uh, so I've got to learn that I've got to learn how to pivot a little bit. And, um, yeah. So, I mean, I, I think the fact that it drives initiative is, is, man, that's what I grade them on. Like, uh, you know, if they get a problem wrong here and there, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's their initiative. If, if they took the initiative to do it, that's, you know, hoorah, let's go. Yeah, that's huge. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, right. All right, anybody so can learn facts. Yeah. So we're officially changing the episode title to Homeschooling and Cranky Wild. <laughs> 
this is just a, this is just a small segment. Yeah. <laughs> small segment. Okay, so let's let's switch gears then. All right, all right. So so let me say one thing about homeschooling really quick, and then I'm gonna open okay. this up because I, I got something special for you guys. Okay. Uh-huh. I'm sorry, Jason. I told I said it earlier in Marco. I'm like I got something planned. All right, so homeschooling. I was never homeschooled. I don't homeschool my kid. She does go to a parochial school. Or not uh, a private school. She goes to a religious school. I was raised raised in religious schools as well. Um, my wife was raised in religious schools. We've always seen the benefit of like sending our kid to school for the social experience and you know the being parts of sports teams and like me, I was choir and drama club. And you know that's not something you can do every day. Being part of homeschooling. No, no, I'm not talking any offense to anybody. But so it's kind of one of those things where. Um, I agree that homeschooling has its benefits, but I also agree that sending kids to school has benefits. I agree with you totally. Uh, yeah, there's, there's, there's space for both in there. And I think you guys, that's a great middle ground to have. And actually our, our oldest daughter, she goes to a local Christian school, uh, here. She got to the 10th grade and said, Hey, you know, I want to finish up in high school. I want to get that experience. I want to see what that's like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, you know, there's been some challenges, but there's also been great things. She's had, she has great grades and has good friends. Um, but you know, it's a, hey, it's high school. It's, 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 it's real as high school and it's, it's something you got to get used to. Uh, so yeah, I see that. I see that side of it too, Tom. And, and there's, there's a lot of options for homeschoolers to get that social interaction. And, uh, it, I think one of our biggest compliments is people always tell us our kids don't act like homeschool kids. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, what's a homeschool kid supposed to act like, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but, mm-hmm. but, uh, but yeah, we, that's, I think for us, that's partly a gauge of, okay, I guess we're balancing this thing like we're supposed to. So, well, I think that's what's, you know, as they get older, that's the challenges or the questions I'll have, I'll have to answer too. Like, I mean, cause like I, I've got, you know, I've got two boys and, you know, what, what does that look like as far as sports? Cause you know, I was baseball, football all the way up until high school, you know, college and all that kind of stuff. And so what does that look like? And that kind of, there, there's all kinds of sorts of co-ops out there, but you know, you're forced to reckon with like how you grew up. And I'm just like, man, like I really enjoyed my, my public high school day, you know, but at the same time, I don't want that crap. <laughs> i know i know what like i know what happened at public school like yeah. i was the instigator <laughs> <laughs> well i think this is the biggest the biggest and most important thing to i think that we can extract from this conversation too is just the importance of protecting the freedom of choice in that for parents across yeah, the board yeah. to be able to say hey yeah you know what that's just not the best thing for me or my kids mm-hmm. we're gonna go this route or vice versa and, and I don't like seeing the polarization of this topic that's going on out there right. today. So anyways, I'm going to drop it right there where that's at. And we can it's good stuff. All right. So time, time for a segue, not the little scooter you ride around on. Okay. So back in the day, even maybe more in recent times, have you guys ever played the game? Never have I ever. Probably a version of it. Tell me more about yeah. it. All right. So never have I ever, you put 10 fingers up. And then someone goes, never have I ever done this. And if you've done it, you put a finger down. Interesting. Right? Okay. Um, it's, a, it's a drinking game. It's something that we played a lot. in the. <laughs> oh, I do remember this. No, 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 no. So I Is that a this, moment of clarity, I, Randall? Okay, so yes. I had to, I, we never did the finger thing. Okay. Like, like it, it went around. It doubled. So you would ask the question. 
And then like, oh man, I, I remember it vaguely, but it was a lot of fun. And, and a lot of the time, I mean, it, it ends up dirty. Honestly, that's, that's where it leads to, okay? But I got a different version of it because the subject we're talking about today, okay? So I'm going to start off here. I'm going to say the first two, and then somebody else is going to say one, okay? Never have I ever snapped at my wife on a holiday. Oh, come on, man. You know that's true. Right? Right? I mean, all of us. Yeah. Never have I ever driven like a madman and scared the shit out of my wife. Okay, you took that one Is out this of last my... week? No. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, that might have been just this afternoon. Okay, I'm talking about holiday season. Yeah, yeah. All right, who's next? Who's got one? Never have I ever pouted like a baby because I didn't, uh, I didn't get what I wanted uh, at, a family, at a family event. Yeah. Yep. 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 Come on. Someone else spit one out there. All right. Oof. Never have I ever slept at a family function like Thanksgiving or Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> On the couch in front of everybody. Uh, yep. Oh, man. Yep. There you go. Uh, never have I ever gave my wife a kitchen appliance for Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> or a vacuum cleaner in my Christmas, man. Come on, <laughs> you're spoiling all the good ideas. <laughs> I mean, look. I mean, oh. we just got we just got a um, Instapot air fryer for no reason, and I'm excited about it. So I don't know. I don't know. The things How about you this get one to enjoy in the adulthood, right? How about this one? Never have I ever gone in and uh during the holiday season and asked my wife why she's on her phone playing uh, <laughs> instead of spending time with family when she's really working oh man that, that that'd be a touchy one with my wife <laughs> <laughs> never have i ever unplugged the wi-fi during the holidays <laughs> oh, oh. i've never done that I don't think I have. <laughs> oh. That's a good one, brother. Man, that's good. Yeah. And that hustle's strong in you. Yeah. Mm. Hey, the diffusers were on. <laughs> <laughs> Wi-Fi was out, but so, okay. so yeah. So, so so how do we deal with it? How do we how do we deal with that? You know, like when we screw up and we make our wives mad at us during the holiday season with all the craziness going on, Barrick, how do, how do we, as men, how should we do it better to help facilitate her needs as well as my needs? Man, that's like a loaded question. Um, but I'll, I'll try to, I'll try to address it before I, before I do, I, I do need to give a quick public service announcement. When I told Crystal that I was going to be with you guys, she said, make sure that you tell them this first. She said, because Black Friday is coming up this weekend, right? <laughs> she said, there's a list for husband safety uh, for Black Friday weekend, especially if your wife's working. So uh, it, it really just goes, if you're, when you're at home this weekend, now if you're working, you can only do so much. But if you're actually on, doing vacation time, you're at home um, and your wife's working with Young Living or doing her business uh she needs to have her favorite drinks at uh accessible at all times she needs to have water accessible at all times her favorite foods no children 
you need to take care of the house and there need to be flowers nearby. So that's, that's, that's crystal. <laughs> uh, just to get that's, started. Right. That's just that's a like, small list. You're good. You're good. That's a starting uh, point. That, hey, guys good. have to have some, a small that's, list. It's an easy one. Wait a minute. Yeah. Never have I ever done that before. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it, it inevitably the holiday season is, is the best of the time but it's also a landmine, right? It is a landmine because really when you put people together as a husband and wife, you're putting together history and you're putting together damage from when they grew up. Right. Mm-hmm. And so whenever you get into a holiday season, this is something that we've learned and that me and a lot of my friends have talked about what your wife brings into Thanksgiving, Christmas and new years. Most of the time really has nothing to do with you. It has something to do with when she was four yeah. and you know, how, how her parents acted at the grandparents or if dad didn't show up or things like that. So that's really the most important thing to take into the holiday season. Uh, and when we can have that foresight and think, okay, the way that she's acting or the way that even that I'm feeling really has nothing to do with her or the situation. You know, I, I may not like Christmas because of, of how it was at our home. We had a great Christmas, so I'm, I'm speaking hypotheticals. But, mm-hmm. you know, Thanksgiving may be terrible because, let's say, you know, dad was supposed to pick me up every other Thanksgiving and he never showed up. So I don't have any energy on Thanksgiving. I don't really want to be a part of anything. So it's very difficult to engage. So we, you know, we have to really take into consideration our whole life uh, to be able to really navigate through this this holiday season that we're talking about so when i say it's a landmine landmines are are hidden you don't know until you step on one so the longer you're married the easier it gets a little bit but Mm -hmm. those first uh those first 15 to 20 years you uh, you really uh, are are trying to learn uh you're trying to figure those things out because you may say something that was said to her a long time ago and you may have said it in jest but it really hit something really heavy. And so I think part of it is just really knowing our wives, mm. um, talking about it before we get into the holiday season. Hey, I know that, that this particular season is difficult. Uh, what can I do to help facilitate that? Mm. Uh, we know that, that with our, our wives, not only do they want everything to be perfect, they feel the pressure for everything to be perfect for their kids. They, if they had a hard upbringing, they want it better for their children than they had it. And, and when it doesn't go that way or when there's difficulty along the way, they feel that weight twice as much as we do. When it doesn't happen for us, we're like, yeah, maybe next year or, you know, tell kids, suck it up. You know, it's not going to happen. Um, but the, our wives really take it to heart. And yeah. um, I think part of that, it starts, it actually starts for most of our wives, even right around Halloween because then they're like, okay, now I have to start decorating. Everything has to, you know, it's like, you know, that, that, that whole nesting thing comes in and, and not only, are you, you know where the Halloween tub is. Hey, Hey, Hey honey, do you know where the, the Thanksgiving decorations are? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Go get the one that's labeled this. Yeah, I, I get it. Yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so there's so much that goes in. Uh, our wives are complicated. They're, they're not complicated in what Tom was saying. There's those three things that are super important, but the walking out of that is very complicated. And so I think that that if we are attentive to that, 
And it's not that I'm speaking as a pro at this. It's I'm speaking because I'm still learning this every single day. Uh, I don't think a guy ever becomes a, a pro at being a husband. I think he just, he just works at it and, and tries to do his best and, and then recalibrates and says, Hey honey, um, what can I do to make this better? You know, just, just today, you know, I, I, I said something that really was not a big deal, but it pushed a button and I was like, okay, I'm sorry. What do I have to do to, what can I, what could I have said next time? Uh, and it's really, it's, it's, when we have that opportunity to go there on that next thing and we feel that heat kind of going up in our neck a little bit, it's having the wherewithal to step back and go, okay, I, 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 I can say something, but man, I probably shouldn't say anything right now. Uh, and it's not because you want to, you know, not be in trouble or, uh, you know, you don't want to get cut off or anything like that before the holiday season. It has nothing to do with that. It's really just about who she is and knowing what she's, what she's going through. It's putting yourself in her shoes and, uh, and, and respecting that. And I think the more respect that we will give, the more that will be reciprocated. Uh, I, was, I was reading uh, just yesterday that when a woman feels safe and secure, then everything else is so much easier. But when she doesn't have safety and security, everything's on guard, everything's on alert, and it just it makes it that much harder. Hopefully, hope that answers a little something. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Bro, there's so much to take from that. Yeah. It's uh, I I love that you can sum it you can basically sum it up in studying your wife like a textbook, you know, like make sure you know her like I mean, that should be your life goal, so know her up to to her greatest and you should know her truth, you know, the truth is is the best and the worst of one of, of something, you know, so yeah, no, really no, what, what I like what you said there, but what's cool about it is like, because life is continual, it's like that textbook is continually being written. So it's like, you can't just put that book down because you yeah. hit year 15 <laughs> yeah. or whatever year you're at. Yeah, totally. You've got to keep reading um, because I, I know how much things can go awry when you stop reading and then the lines get crossed all day long. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and uh, you know, our wives change so much. It's, mm-hmm. it's almost like you are, you get the joy of of having a relationship with the same woman, but she's so many facets throughout. Mm-hmm. So like yeah. I said, that book just keeps going. You know her, you know, if you if you were blessed to have met when you were younger, you know her then and as a you know, as a new as a new newlywed who's not quite sure and then as a mom and, and then as a mom who kinda knows what she's doing and then you know, as you get into all these things, just it's a new lady uh that we get the joy to to learn about. And like you said, Jason, you can't stop learning because, man, you don't want to you don't want to miss out on on forty and fifty and sixty year old mm-hmm. wife, um, wise woman, mentor, grandma because you stopped listening to her when she was thirty, and so yeah, you know, I mean, it's like, man, you, you don't want that. Yeah, yeah. You know, one of the things that um, I remember hearing, man, it's been years ago, but he said that. Like you never want to assume you know your wife in a different setting. So like in a different setting at a different time, she changes. She's not the same. Like she, so she's, you know, it, it, you took a trip to Europe and, or you took it on the outer banks of Cape town or something like that. She's, she's different in that setting than she is at home. So fall in love with each part of the, where you're at, like, babe, you've never seen me in Australia, like on the outback, 
like this is this is all this is everything I've ever wanted. This is amazing, you know. And we are we're different people in different settings, and just to you know to guide that even in the holidays, like for me, it's taken ten years for me to like to lay down my expectations, you know, because um, I have expectations that you know this year it should look like this. I've, I've learned to like. Okay, relax, brother. <laughs> it's not like it used to be. Is it, you know, we've got five kids. You know, the, the in-laws have kind of eaten up a little bit. You know, it, it's, it's good. Like, you know, and, and it, it took me 10 years to actually relax, take the expectations kind of backwards a little bit and appreciate what, what's going to happen. Like if I just lay that, you know, it always happens when, um, you know, things are – more irritating when you have expectations, right? Like, you know, if your kids are messing with you um, or they want you to do something with them, but you want to do something else. And it's the same way, like, you know, laying the expectations down in the holidays. I mean, that can go back, that can go like two ways. You can lay the expectations down or have expectations and. Well, I mean, like healthy expectations. Very, the, the two biggest things that I pulled out of what he said, he focused on communication because your wife's always changing. You have to constantly communicate to learn what's new and to learn what you can do every day on that specific day to make her life better. And then you do have to have those expectations, whether they be, like Jason said, healthy expectations, which I completely agree with. And that's the best way you can put it is you have to have those healthy expectations of, all right, well, look, it's Thanksgiving so I'll just use my, I'll use myself as a perfect example for this. So my wife comes from a really small compact family, three or four people. That's it. My mom is one of 11 and my dad is one of four. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. I'm already painting this picture. It's, it's going <laughs> wrong. It's going bad. Like now it's, it's, it's like, <laughs> well, so basically, and my parents are divorced. Two. So you get that whole extended family in there. So basically our first holidays together, once we were married and I was home and like, there was no restrictions. It blew her mind because like Christmas, for example, or we'll, we'll start with Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving dinner at my mom's house is at one o'clock in the afternoon. We go from there. We would go from my mom's to her cousins for a couple hours for Thanksgiving snack. And then from there, we'd go to my dad's house with my stepmom and my aunt and my grandmas and all of them over there for another Thanksgiving dinner. I eat Thanksgiving three times this year. We're down to two. Um, but she didn't know what the heck to do. She was so overwhelmed the first time because I didn't put those healthy expectations out there. Like, Hey, look, if, if you get overwhelmed, just tell me and you know, we can work this out. Christmas was the same thing because Christmas is even crazier than Thanksgiving is. You know, we've got two things on Christmas Eve's, uh, two things on Christmas Day, and now we have a child in the mix too. So we got to, you know, that whole balancing act. So Tom, you Tom, you're hitting on some nerves right here, and I think you should keep going because, like, I think there's a lot of men out there um, who are still trying to work their way through these two Christmases a year. They're trying to. You know, they're, they're trying like, I've got to be at her parents and I've got to be at my parents and she loves her parents. She hates, you know, you know, there's like this dichot, this division there and keep going, bro. Cause I like you this. You should have said the word. You should have said dichotomy. Cause I love that word. I like it. <laughs> um, so, but what I've, what I've learned in, you know, I'm kind of, we're changing up the routine this year. 
which is killing me because I, I've always, since I was a child, I've had the same routine. Spend Christmas Eve with my dad, my stepmom, and their families. Spend Christmas Day with my mom, my stepdad, and their families. That's how it's always been. So now we're changing it this year to Christmas Eve at my dad's house with my dad, my stepmom, my aunt, my brother, my sister, and my two grandmas. And then going from there to a family party on my mom's side with all the aunts, uncles, cousins. Like when I was 15 years old and my grandma died, she had 26 grandchildren. Wow. And I'm, I'm 31 now. And trust me, they haven't stopped. <laughs> um, so like everybody's there. And I don't want to go to the party, number one, because I want to get my kid home and go to bed. But my mom is begging me to do it. So, you know, you have to make those balancing choices of sanity versus, you know, happiness of your family. My wife wants to go to the party. So I, I said, all right, whatever. Audrey's not going to go to bed till midnight on Christmas Eve. Hey, guess what? I don't have to get up till nine or 10 in the morning on Christmas morning. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. So, you know, when it comes to like the thing I've learned about balancing your holidays with the, with the multiple families and the wife involved, especially in if her family's involved, you have to have a clear communication with your wife about taking other people's emotions out of it. So if I go at my dad's house, if it's eight o'clock and I'm like, Hey, we're going to get going to go here. And they're like, well, we haven't had coffee and dessert yet. Well, I'm sorry, but I want to go do this and see the rest of my family. And, you know, Thanksgiving was always hard because we were bouncing around when we would see my wife's family. You know, was it between the two dinners? Was it in the morning we would go to brunch, whatever it was, you know, I kind of, it was, it's always been a conversation on the holidays and other days. It's not always a conversation, but on the holidays, that's one thing I've learned to do is you have to have clear communication because me growing up, it was okay. Christmas morning needs to be done at nine o'clock because my mom's going to pick me up because my brother and sister are waiting for me to open presents. So you know, there's, there's something huge you're hitting on there, Tom. And, and I think part of that is something that I don't know if you guys struggle with. I know a lot of guys do. Uh, and it's, it's the fear of man. It is. We sometimes we put our fears and wanting to please those in our family above pleasing our wife. Right. We put that above. Okay. Well, honey, we're going to, we got to do this and this because we don't want to upset mom or dad or cousin or, all this. And, and so we make choices based on what other people think we should do. And I think it, it has taken me a very long time to not struggle with that. Uh, and, and being the baby of a family and the youngest of six. And so you, you want to make everybody happy or you get pummeled growing up pretty much is how, how that is. Mm -hmm. And it, uh, it affected us in, in our marriage and, yeah, there was a time we just had to say, hey, yeah, this is our family, and these are the things that we're going to do, and I'm sorry if it upsets you uh, that we have to leave or that we can't come to that. It's made it a lot easier. We live 700 miles away from everyone now, so <laughs> it's a whole heck of a lot easier. But, you know, for, for the first number of years, we caught a lot of grief. Oh, I can't believe you're not coming in, into town. I can't believe you're not, you're not going to come in town for Thanksgiving. You're not going to come in town for Christmas. Um, a, we couldn't do it because we couldn't afford it. We, uh, we had lost everything when we moved to Kansas City. And so 
uh, it, it gave us a little bit of a pass, but still it, it really had to forge in me. Do I care more about what my family thinks or do I care more about what my wife thinks? Uh, and, and if I'm caring more about what my family thinks as opposed to my wife, then man, I gotta, I gotta do some introspection. And yeah. that's not something that, that I'm, I'm mastered. It's still something that I waffle back and forth with on sometimes. And, uh, and Crystal's very patient. She's always been very patient, but I think when, especially the holiday season, that is just, that's just huge. Uh, even more so because your wife may de- be dealing with that. She may feel like she's got to please everybody. She may be that daughter that has to, she feels like if she's not there, there's no peace. She mm-hmm. has to be the peacemaker, but yet you don't want to be there. Cause you know, it's just going to be a, 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 shit show. a show. Yeah. <laughs> it's going to be a show. You can swear on here. Okay. And, and your wife is going to come out and she's going to be more stressed and it's going to be harder on her and nobody's going to enjoy the holiday. Uh, and so that's when we as, as husbands and protectors get to step in and say, you know what, this year we're going to do things a little different and, and Hey, and if it gets this way, we're out and it's not, we're not trying to be jerks. Um, I just, I care about my wife more than I care about y'all. And that, that's I respect that because we've had, be. we've had to have the same conversations. Well, I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah. like I said, we, all the kids we have, we're like, not like, this is like, we're doing our Christmas. <laughs> And we, this is our Christmas. I mean, we live in Florida right now. And so it's a little bit easier to get up to Georgia and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. So we'll go, but we're staying at here and we're not, if you want to come see us, come see us. We'll be here. (laughs) You know, (laughs) we're not driving a hundred thousand miles everywhere to go see everybody. You know, you come here, but you know, when we lived in Colorado, like, Hey, (laughs) this is our Christmas. Sorry. I tried to throw it down for Thanksgiving this year. You did what? I tried to throw it down for Thanksgiving this year. My, um, so my, I, I just bought a new house, like I moved into it two months ago. It's a lot nice. bigger than my old house. It's got a lot more space. You know, it was, it was a, a major upgrade that was needed living with three generations of women and me. Sure. Um, so I was trying to convince my dad and my stepmom to have Thanksgiving at my house. Okay. So me and my wife were sitting there. We were talking about it. We were talking about it. We were talking about it. And my, my stepmom was kind of slowly coming around to the idea. She goes, I don't have to do any dishes. I don't have to cook anything. What? You know, she's kind of like, it's, she's turned on. So I go to sit down at the table with my dad. And the first thing he says to me, he goes, I don't care what anybody else says. I'm at my house doing what I want. Thanksgiving is my holiday. And I go, okay, I guess we're having Thanksgiving separate. And he kind of looks at me. He kind of looks at me and goes, "Okay, you want to come over the night before and have some drinks?" I'm like, "Sure, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe." He goes, okay, how about we just do that? That sounds like a good plan to me. So, I was just gonna say, "Screw Thanksgiving at my mom's house. Screw Thanksgiving at my dad's house. Let's just have Thanksgiving in our house." And um, uh, my wife was actually the one that talked me out of it. Hmm. Um, my wife's like, "Look." You've got these family traditions. I know it's a pain in the ass to run around like we do on Thanksgiving. Like I'm, I'm driving from, well, it's a lot easier now that my mom moved closer to me, but driving from my house to my mom's house, back to my house to let the dogs out and drop grandma off. Now back over to the West side of Cleveland, which is 45 minutes away for another Thanksgiving dinner till 10 o'clock at night, then back to my house, then putting my daughter down to bed, then finally getting to calm down myself when I can say, Hey, look, let's just cook at our house. I don't care about cooking. I love cooking. I don't care about doing dishes. We got a dishwasher. And, uh, my wife said no. So she wants to spend more time with my family than I do. 
now. Like I'm painting this picture of like a sitcom right now. <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know if it's like a Roseanne sitcom or a married with children sitcom, but it's like a, na- a nasty 1980s, 90s sitcom. It's more like that all, show. And all you need is a Jersey accent. If everybody had his jersey, <laughs> this would be awesome. <laughs> you've, heard, you've heard some stories about my dad, Randall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's good stuff. Well, I want to kind of maybe switch gears a little bit or add some more value to this conversation because I think this is a, a season of my life that I've been going through, and it's important for me because I'm still learning it, of course, but how much we as men change through the years too and how that affects our wives as well. And then how much we even like recognize our own change within us until discord occurs and we realize there's been change that occurred. Uh, So Eric, my question would be to you, like how have you seen a lot of that in your life and how have you been able to apply that, especially if we're going to be talking about the holidays, how's that related to relational issues or struggles during the holidays? That's a, that's a great question Uh, because yeah, we do, we do all change. Uh, we change some, uh, you know, we shouldn't change fundamentally. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, even, you know, I was talking with my son uh, a few weeks ago and he's like, dad, you know, what's, what's your midlife crisis car going to be? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, my goal is not to have a midlife crisis. You know, my, you my go. goal is to be steady for you guys and not be, not be that guy. Um, he said, so I, I probably won't. I said, I, I drive, you know, an F-150. It, it suits me just fine. But, um, uh, you know, so I, I think we, we change, but like you were talking about earlier, when we're changing, the first person that notices it is going to be our wife, mm-hmm. right? And she's going to wonder, is he changing because he's just changing or is he changing because he's tired of us or is he, you know, does he need a, a change in career or so she's going to initially worry, is there something wrong, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we have to be there to communicate with her and, and be open. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I'm not changing. I'm changing as a person. I'm getting older. You know, my motivations are different than they used to be. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm, I may not be out there. I'm not trying to, to, you know, chase the world and beat the world down and all this type stuff. But I think we really, as we change, we, we have to look at, are we content? And I think really that gets to the root of it. Uh, because change with contentment means you bring everybody else with you mm-hmm. and change with discontentment means you go off on your own and you usually destroy something. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think if we, if we are rooted and we're content with, with what God's given us in, in our wife and our kids and, and our, our home and the things that he's given us um, that he's blessed us with every single day, we're, we're more apt to bring our family along with us. So, so if, if you change from, I, I like doing this, I would like to start doing this. You're going to say, Hey, I, I'd love to bring you all along with me on this. Uh, in, instead of um, doing the hobby where you're six hours away from your family, three days a week, um, you know, do that hobby, maybe bring your kids with you. You know, if, I, the one I think of when it's that much time is golf. You know, the guy who picks up golf in his forties or fifties and he's gone all the time. Take your kids with you, man. You know, just be content, pass something down, um, be with them. So I think it, it comes with contentment. And if we're not content, we need to ask ourselves, why, what, it, what is missing in us? that's not content. 
And, uh, and if we can't answer that, ask, ask your wife, she'll, she'll probably know, she'll probably know what's, what's lacking in you. Cause God's given her that, that, um, ability. That's why she's, she's, you know, your help meet. And, uh, and you, you two became one, you know, we all became one when we got married. So, uh, she's supposed to know those things. So, um, it really comes down as we change, which we're going to, it, to me, it's, are we content in changing just normally as age comes by gaining wisdom and, and looking for new things, uh, living our life to pass a legacy. I know that's a really overused term. It's cheesy and people want to punch people in the face that say it, but, but it, it really makes a difference. Like, what do we want to be remembered for in our family? Do we want to be, you know, my dad did this, this, and this, or my dad did all this and he brought us along and my dad and my mom, you know, sure they fought sometimes or they fought all the time, but they did it together and they grew old together and they appreciated each other and they showed us what it looked like to work through things. So I think um, that's a you know, great question, Jason, because we are all going to change and, you know, like our loves change uh, as far as what we like to do in life. I went through a, a phase where I, I ran all the time and, and did all this and then uh, was gone for hours a day doing that and training and and now I don't really do that near as much anymore. And I'm asking Hudson, Hey, do you want to work out with me? Do you want to, you want to start doing this go ruck with me so that, so that your dad's not got a big fat gut and he can, he can actually do, do something, uh, you know, where he can lift something more than just run down the street and back. So, um, you, you begin thinking more, more linear as opposed to just what's affecting you. And I think if we do that out of a heart of contentment, we, we really make a huge difference generationally. Uh, so that's that's my answer on that. I hope it makes some sense. Oh, absolutely, man! Like I, I think that hit the the nail on the head for sure. Because when when I'm evaluating that same concept, it to me it's it's being humble enough to be open and have those conversations with your wife and and what you feel like you're changing in when you're recognizing it and being able to say uh, or reset uh, those expectations and kind of use that as a building block versus things of like you said, because spouses, our wives can think differently. And so we got to make sure we're hedging against that too. And that's a lesson that I'm still learning for sure. Um, but the, the humility factor I think is huge in being content because I, I see it hard and even extremely difficult to be content if you're not humble enough with what you have. Right. Um, and so I think that's a huge uh, valuable thing for us to constantly monitor and grow with as well um, in order to be in a place where we can support our wives even more so in these times of stress when it comes to holidays or when it comes to times of stress at any point of the year. Um, and to be able to recognize those things uh, ahead of time uh, can only come from a place where you're being selfless versus selfish in, in your life. So, yeah, thank you. That was, that was spot on. I, I think something else that, that mm. something else that I've been trying to do um, just in my head, not anything out and about or anything like that, but uh, I like to look back and reflect. I, I go back, you know, and I'll think, okay, I'll just look back at when I met Crystal uh, or, you know, certain dates that we had back when we were, we were dating or after we were, we were married, you know, certain trips we took and all that and try to cultivate those in your head you know, all the time. And what it does is it keeps that, keeps you focused on them. It keeps that, um, it keeps your mind uh, always being interested there. Mm -hmm. And, and, you know, you, you want to keep that going. Uh, it's, it's so important um, because as you as we grow older together, we get to experience so many firsts. Like if you look back 
Tom, when did you, when did you and, and your wife meet? How old were you guys? Y'all were young, weren't you? 11. Yeah. So how many firsts have y'all had? Like <laughs> your whole life. Everything, yeah. Everything's yeah. been a new experience. Well, you get to do that for like the next 40 years. So if, if we can, can look at that and say, man, as I'm changing, my wife's changing too, but all, the only thing that does is gives us more opportunity for more firsts, mm. right? And gives me more of an opportunity to really appreciate her. You know, Crystal and I have been married over 21 and a half years, and we have to like tell each other to shut up to go to bed because because <laughs> we'll just talk. You know, yeah. we'll just it'll be 12 31, 1 32, mm-hmm. and yep. it's like, go to bed. And, you know, one of us has to wake up <laughs> at six in the morning. Um, and I think if, 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 if as we do change, if we can see those that every day is something else new that I get to experience and that I get to see. And, you know, whether it's monotonous, whether it's, whether it's the same thing you did yesterday, there's, there's that aspect of it that you still are, you still get to experience something new with her. And as our wives do get older, you know, their hormones are going to change. They're going to change completely as people. Uh, if, If you just look at our bodies and how our cells change, we're completely new people every you know, six months or so, uh, and men included. So, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> and and so we can't we can't help but if if we have our focus right, um, you get to you get to do all those new things, and you get to enjoy those and categorize those things and run over them in your head. You know, like man, I, I loved when we went here and when we did this, and share those things with your wife, especially during these stressful times. Because I find I, I I find that's like for me that's. You just, you just hit something right there because I don't voice that enough. I like sometimes like I'll keep the experience inside instead of saying like, and like, you know, how I enjoyed this certain time. And the thing is, is like, I mean, even today, like I even, I shot her a text and said, Hey, I just, uh, I'm trying to formulate a conversation in my head, how to be, um, how to tell you how thankful I am and like being intentional for these holidays coming up. And, that's uh, huge, that's and huge. That she's like, tons of consideration. she's like, I, I had no clue you were th- like, that was in your head. Like I had no clue that that was even a thought that you were. And so like, yeah, exactly. I mean, it goes on with experiences too, but like even thoughts, like yeah. I had this thought in my head and how is she never going to know you change if you don't talk about it? So that's, that's you know, huge. I think it's funny because I reflect back on my marriage. We've been together, uh, gosh, seven, almost 17 years coming up next year. And uh, so for me, being that we got married, well, I don't know, Varric, if you know this, but my wife and I, we met on a blind date and 30 days later we were married. So it was that's a phenomenal shotgun wedding. No, 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 <laughs> we sure weren't. Um, and then, um, so we got married, um, uh, February 16th, 2003. And, um, three weeks later I was deployed. Um, and so wow. for, for us, we were very intentional. And of course we had kids right away back to back. They're 16 months apart and they're 14, 15 now, but, um, looking back, we were always very, um, aware of not being able to always have the first, right. Um, uh, for me being deployed, I may not be home. So the girls may not have those first. So to be, be conscious of those first. And it was interesting after I got out of the military five years later and two tours in Iraq, and we realized that our girls were changing and the, we were so conscious of the first that we forgot about the last, 
like the last time they wanted to crawl into bed and go to sleep with us or the last time they asked us to come read to them. And I think to me, that's one of the things that I'm, I'm trying to learn currently in my marriage right now is to not forget the last of how things have changed for us too. Like with our girls, they're on the border of being completely butterfly free. You know what I'm saying? We only got two girls and they're, they're, they're going to be free. And in a sense, they kind of already are right. But um, what does that change for us look like? So yes, it's a first, but it's also a last of a lot of things. And to be able to be grateful for that, I think adds value to the contentment and to the humility factor that we were talking about earlier too. Yeah, that's good. So that's it's kind of cool. Um, I'm in this, I'm in this uh, uh, spot in my marriage right now where like um, I've really never really known myself. So um, I am, I'm going through a change right now, actually, where I'm learning myself uh, and learning what my past has done to me and the reason why I feel the way I feel. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm, I'm kind of in the midst of that right now. So it's really cool that we're on here talking about this right now because my wife and I are going through the exact same things. Like we didn't know like something from back when she was five years old at Christmas time makes her so you know, it's a trigger for her. Trigger. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when it goes off, it's not good for anybody. And it's the same for me. So, you know, I kind of, I kind of dig what we're talking about right now. It's kind of cool that we're going through this right now. So that damn song comes on every year around this time. <laughs> <laughs> chestnuts roasting on an open fire. Man, my dad hated that. Song. <laughs> you know, it's, it's funny you mentioned that because there's so many songs that are like the popular songs. And when we pay attention to the words, I'm like, those aren't good words, though. Like, baby, it's cold outside. That's not a good song, guys. Like, holy cow. Why is that so popular right now? All right. So, really quick, I, I, I have to talk to Verica about this because this is one of the. I did the digital advance with my buddy here in my basement. Um, and I got to say, what are you laughing about, Jason? <laughs> You're good. I can just see you dancing. That's all. Sorry, bud. A sidebar. <laughs> As a former medical person, I got that. Thanks. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, so we uh, we watched the digital advance videos, and the biggest thing was you and Daryl. And the biggest thing out of that talk that I took away was your ICE acronym, Okay. Um, so it stands for intentional, consistent, and excellent. Those are three things that the acronym stands for. And it's, it's important to do every day, but especially now that the season's coming up that, you know, your wife's going to be more stressed out because there's so much more happening and you're going to be stressed out because there's so much more happening. Can you talk more about that acronym or or give a rundown of that acronym and, you know, just talk about how to apply that, not just every day, but especially this holiday season. Yeah, absolutely. And actually, it's funny because Crystal and I were talking about this this morning. Um, not not about that aspect of it, but, um, you know, it was just like she's very good at communicating. And that's something that I need to continually am working on, as most guys do. And I was like, okay, so what do I what what are your expectations on this? And I'm a great I'm a great list follower. And so if you can list these expectations uh, then I can meet those expectations, right? And since she's willing to communicate and she's she's clear at communicating those things, um, then we can put those down. And it's really just, this is what takes this off of my plate. This is what uh, helps to de-stress me uh, during this time. And so this conversation we're having, we, we, were, we had it this morning. And so I think that is what intentional looks like. Uh, your wife is, your wife always wants to be intentional. 
with you. Uh, like it's, it's, it's rare for a woman not to want to be intentional. They want to be intentional because they want that communication and they want to know that you're on the same page because it gives security. Mm-hmm. So um, intentionality is, is going to your wife and saying, okay, it's two days before or three days before um, Thanksgiving. It's going to get nuts. Let's come up with a plan for what Thanksgiving looks like. What do I need to do to play good zone defense at the family thing? So, and what is, what is your look across the room going to look like uh, <laughs> uh, that it's time to get out of here or that aunt, aunt Sadie's too drunk and she's driving me nuts. I want to knock her off the couch. You know, what, what are those things? What are the safe uh, words? Yeah, absolutely. So, so you go to her and say, okay, what does this plan look like uh, for Christmas? Uh, what does it look like? And, and in the, in the middle of that say, okay, when, when's a good time where we can go and spend some time together? When can we get away for a night uh, and, and have a good dinner do some shopping, even if we're not shopping, let's just go have some time together because the Christmas is awesome. It's about the Lord. Uh, it's not always, it's not all about our kids. It's a good time for us as a, a couple to, to engage as well. So intentionality, um, figure out what she needs to help take that stress away, uh, communicate that, get it down, make some time for each other, uh, surprise her with a little bit of something. Those are, those are things that are intentional. Uh, it's showing her that, you are thinking ahead, which means you're being the leader, you're being the protector, but it, you're also, you're proactively trying to get that, uh, that off of her plate. Uh, and then the contentment side of it, you know, we've already talked about that a little bit, uh, as far as, uh, there's a lot of change during the holidays. Your expectation needs to be, and my expectation needs to be, and all of us guys, our expectation needs to be, how am I going to help my family the most during this time? Not what am I going to get for Christmas? Uh, how is this date night going to play out? All those type things. Our, our main goal needs to be, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm a father, I'm a husband, and I'm thankful for that role. And if I do my job well, all those things that were on my mind are already taken care of. My family's happy. My family, there's decreased stress. My wife is not stressed, so she is actually happy to spend time with me. All those type things. So, so being content in who you are, what your role is, so that those things can play out more stress-free. And then doing it with excellence. It's going back with that list and go, hey, honey, uh, try to work on this list today. You gave me four things. I did one well. What can I do? What can I do with those other three tomorrow to help? Uh, because it's just reinforcing that intentionality and showing her that you want to do an excellent job. Uh, so if you're doing those things on a daily basis, it's just like if you're in a job and, and you go to your boss and he's like, hey, dude, you know, do this, this, and this, and you're doing it over and over and over again, you're going to progress. And if you do those things over and over and over, it's going to help your relationship. It's going to help your communication. It's going to calm your wife. And really, if your wife is calm during Christmas, you're, you're going to be more calm. Uh, even if you're going through stuff and you're dealing with junk, if, if, if she's in a good place, then, then you're going to be 80% better. I, love so that's really what really, I think that's a, a great place to end the conversation. You know, so I mean, let's, let's do this then too. Let's take a lighter note of it. So what's everybody's bug out code word for the holiday. Oh yeah. For the holiday. <laughs> oh yeah. We, we've got we, one. We've got to share. Oh man, I don't know. was like fishing that. here, babe. Okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was like that fishing. That ain't going to end well for you, brother. <laughs> you want to go get some waffles? Okay. So, for, <laughs> you for have us, a code word for something else. 
like from I, I did not have a great childhood growing up so I did the four Christmases thing you know we were going to everybody everywhere from Southern California to Arizona and, and it was a hot mess and all that kind of stuff so I get that side of it so when that movie came out I died laughing you know so Vince Vaughn of course is awesome but anyways yes their their code word was mistletoe so my wife and I actually adopted that and tweaked it a little bit because whenever we would actually see the mistletoe we'd kiss on it and then bail <laughs> it's time to go mistletoe it's time to go honey this is too yeah. crazy so anybody else have code words let's go oh. get some waffles <laughs> there you go yeah i mean i had a, i had a code word for we had code word for something else but that was in our younger days all right We'll let that one rest. <laughs> what's a, how about what's your favorite um, Christmas movie you like to watch with your wife? Elf. Hands down. Elf. Elf, what's your favorite color? I yeah. personally, my movie choice would be National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Yes. Yes. Oh, it's hard not to. That's, that's, yeah, my- that, that's the one we turn on after the kids go to bed while we're getting. Uh, right, right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Mine's right. uh, White Christmas. Yeah, Holiday right. Inn is one of our favorites. It's actually oh. it's weird because that's actually where they sang White Christmas. And so I'm like, <laughs> White Christmas? They didn't. It made no sense. But anyway, it is weird. That's one of our favorites. <laughs> All right. So, so last thing I want to bring up this episode to to bring some current event into this uh, whole discussion here. Okay, Bill, you have a you have a truck that you drive, right? A work truck? Um, no. I thought you had a work truck. I do not have a work truck. Okay, I, kind of, I wish what, I had a work truck. What kind of truck do you want to buy? Uh, I want a Ford F-150. Randall, you're driving an F-150 right now, right? I am. Jason, what's your work truck? Expedition right now. Okay. What was your old work truck that went pulty? Didn't you have a work truck? No, that was my had car. A I, okay. I had my Jeep. We've got, well, my wife confiscated our Jeep, so <laughs> she's got the Jeep now, and I've got the Expedition. If There's no bitterness there at all. If you were to buy a truck, what would it be? F-250. And Varric, you said you have a 150, right? Yeah, I've got F-150. I drive a Tundra, and I have to ask this question to you Ford guys, right? How does it, how does it feel to know that the Tesla Cybertruck made y'all trucks look like a bitch? Dude, I'm, <laughs> I'm getting one of those. I'm getting it. I haven't even seen it. I couldn't I'm even getting a Cybertruck. That Tesla Cybertruck looks like a four-year-old drew that thing. I <laughs> know, <laughs> man. <laughs> it is absolutely horrible. I, 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 I am totally gonna get one of those. Oh they, my gosh! I just, I just, I just saw today. They've already had three hundred thousand people place orders for them in the last oh, yeah. three and days. You know what? None of those trucks will ever hit the dirt. They'll all be on pavement in California. Yeah, and it's a shame. It's a shame yeah. that those trucks will never be. Used yeah, to be. Yeah. yeah, crazy. Um, I was really, I was really excited about like the concept renditions that came out with the Tesla. Oh yeah! I was like, "Oh man, I'm gonna get that truck. That's it right there. I'm gonna save my money. I'm gonna buy that thing." And then it came out. I was like, "What the hell is that thing?" <laughs> he, said, he did say that he wanted to, something that came out of Blade Runner. <laughs> yeah. Well. Yeah. My wife was like, "It looks like it's something from the apocalypse or something." <laughs> well, it's kind of funny because haven't you seen the memes of how it's like the perfect apocalypse truck? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I mean, I, I completely agree. You know that that. It could be a great apocalypse truck. Um, Unless there's an EMP. Right. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying. Right. <laughs> Unless you got a Faraday cage built up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, all, all right, right man. Good episode. Yeah, Thank I, you guys. I, I dig it. Appreciate y'all. Dude, we're, we're going we're gonna to get you on here again. Yeah. yeah I, had a, I, I like had a good it. time, man. It was like yeah. a get out. That's awesome. Yeah. Right on, man. It was good seeing you, Eric, man. I'll see Thanks. you soon.
Great seeing y'all. See you. Hey, we'll see you, Brandon. Gents, have a good night.